welcome to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast, your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the guy who decided on Sunday to try to emotionally damage his son because of the Mariners moose, Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing today? Uh, I am doing, I'm doing fine today on this, uh, on this Monday. It is, uh, it's, uh, it's very hot here in the Pacific Northwest right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uncomfortable, but, um, you know, we're going to make it through it. So I'm doing well. How are you doing today? Us same. I'm doing fine. Uh, trying not to look at the last couple results of Mariners baseball games. And speaking of hot, uh, I was just down in Boise this week. Uh, last couple days and it was like pushing a hundred. Is it pushing a hundred there in Seattle? Uh, pushing. Yeah, it's pushing a hundred, but it's also pretty dry and the, it's just like an excessive heat warning. So I actually haven't looked at actual thermometer today, but it's uh, yeah, it's definitely in the nineties. I think somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's too hot for me. Can, can fall come around please? And you know, cool it off a little bit, but anyways, big guy problems. Big guy problems. <laughs> Before we get into everything, thank you for taking time and coming back and to listen to another Forks Down podcast. Um, you know, that's, of course, if you're a returning listener, you know, welcome back. Um, I'm seeing some great numbers. We're getting more listeners every day. We're getting more listens. We're getting more plays. So thank you if you've been a part of that in the last 7, 14, 21, the last month, you know. Yeah, we, we really appreciate it. We're really excited to see those numbers go up. Um, so, you know, thank you. You know, that's from that's from Bo and I. Um, if you're a first time listener, thanks for choosing Forks Down Podcast. Um, you know, Bo and I have been doing this for a few episodes now. We're having fun with it. And hopefully, you know, you come aboard and you're like, hey, I want to listen to more of those guys. And we're your new home for Mariners baseball talk. Um, you know, I try to keep it pretty simple. Uh, try not to be too much of a homer. Um, I know I can I can dive into homer territory sometimes. Uh, Bo, not so much. Bo likes to balance me out a little bit. He's a little bit more realistic than the two of us. Um, but, you know, we have fun with it. So welcome, welcome aboard and hopefully, you know, you stick with us. Um, if you haven't already, go hit up our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram. Just search Forks Down Pod. And... If you are on your podcast listening app, go ahead and hit like or subscribe. Um, you'll get notified when we drop new episodes. You can give us ratings on there. Um, you know, a five-star rating will help us, uh, you know, get up the charts a little bit better. Um, obviously not for our egos, but it'll help us go drive up the charts a little bit and we get a little bit more visibility. You know, that Mariners fans that doesn't know that Forkstown Podcast is a thing might end up seeing it because, you know, it, it goes up and is one of the first things that uh, – you see when you search Seattle Mariners. So if you can help us that out that way, we'll help you out by bringing you the best Mariners baseball content that we possibly can. Um, you know, the minimal amount of homerism that we can have too. So, but, um, God, you're, you're really eating your words here because, you know, after the trade deadline, you're like, this is the, this is the time that Mariners notes are not going to be, uh, too big. We're not going to have a lot of action, but I, I still feel like we've had in the last couple of weeks, a substantial amount of action with our Mariners notes here. Um, you know, and obviously the big news come in, I think it was Sunday um, is when I got the notification, but uh, Marco Gonzalez has decided to undergo forearm surgery. Uh, it looks like they're fixing a nerve issue that's in his forearm, um, but he's out the rest of the season. He's not coming back and they're looking to try to have him ready by opening day. Yes, sir. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, we kind of, I think we kind of assumed that maybe it was going to end up probably being something like this for the most part. Um, but, uh, for Marco, you just wonder, you wonder what that is going to mean for the future of Marco, I would say, Mm -hmm. right. He's already had Tommy John surgery. Um, you know, this is obviously a Mariner pitching staff. That's, um, I think taking some steps forward or at least call some guys up to kind of fill some holes there. And you wonder, you know, 
if any of those guys are going to, how long are those guys are going to stick for? And, you know, if anybody's going to move, but you just kind of wonder what that means for Marco in terms of, could it be some situation when he gets released? And I'm not quite sure of all the details on his, uh, on his contract, but um, <clears throat> yeah, you just wonder what that means for him. If he's going to even be with the team next year. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it sucks in a couple different ways, right? I think we talked about, before the season, everybody was talking about the health of this Mariner rotation and the Mariner pitching staff and how well the Mariner, you know, training staff has done to kind of keep these guys healthy. And we had, you know, Robbie Ray and Marco Gonzalez both get hurt this year. Um, so yeah, I think it was bound to happen to somebody it kind of sucks. It happens for Marco. Cause I think he was in the midst of a, you know, a pretty good year. Like if I get given from the expectations that I think people put on him early on the season. Right. I think people like really, really did not think Marco was going to, I don't know, even be with this team, right? And mm-hmm. he put some, I think, competitive outings against some good teams there and, you know, helped the Mariners, I think, win a couple of games here and there. So, like, still had a decent season, but I just, uh, I question what his position on the team is going to be in 2024 if he's still here. So what are your, what are your thoughts on Marco? I, I very much concur with you there. Um, you know, it's, it's tough coming back from uh you know this type of surgery it's not really tough i mean i'm sure he's going to come back and be fine but um it's tough in a sense that you see what the mariners are doing without him right now him and robbie ray ironically um you know they're going to move once brian Wu comes back it's going to be a six-man rotation um you're looking at the the lowest era um staff era in baseball right now you know without those two guys and, um, you know, you just got to question what his position will be going forward. You know, if he's on this team, what what is he going to do? I feel like Bryce Miller and Brian Wu have both made a case to, you know, if, if they're not traded to be on the roster opening day next season. You know, um, you know, does that relegate Marco to the bullpen? Does Marco even accept a bullpen move? I, I don't know. You know, I know he wants to be a part of this team and I know it hurt him a little bit last season when they made the playoffs and he uh, was not on the playoff roster. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where they go from uh, here with him. You know, uh, I, I don't see a six man rotation being a thing past this season, especially as Miller and Wu get older. But, uh, you know, at, at this point, I just hope that Marco can come back healthy and if you know he's not pitching for the mariners um you know he's pitching somewhere else because he's a gonzaga bulldog i like him you know he's 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 got that fight in him even if he's not the most pretty of pitchers as it was so eloquent eloquently put last season so yep no you're yep and uh funny you brought that up i was thinking about i was thinking about the game that i i I watched a game of marco at at gonzaga at the time and he was actually playing first base as well and it was just fun to watch him and kind of very happy to see him be a mariner but uh yeah i think the i think what we what we said about marco early on in the season was Marco's a little bit of a stepping stone to get to some of these other guys, right? Like he's a stepping stone, like to kind of fill a hole until we can get to Bryce Miller until we can get to Brian Wu. And now those guys are there. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, yep. Hopefully he'll come back hope healthy and, you know, we'll see what kind of changes the Mariners make in the off season of the pitching staff side of things, but, um, we'll see if there's a spot for him, you know, come spring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other Mariners note that we have currently, and I, I didn't know this, so this was a good find Bo. Um, Mariners outrighted Juan Ten. I think he was designated, if I'm not mistaken, but he's not on the 40-man roster anymore. So the 40-man is sitting at 39 right now. Um, what What's the deal? Why are we opening up a spot, Bill? Um, I'm I I don't quite know, and I think I forgot to add it. You know, Sam Haggerty, I think, was also recalled as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I forgot to add that in there. I don't quite know what the play is here, right? It might just be some sort of um, reliever getting called up or some, you know, with Brian Wu, maybe they still want to do a six-man rotation, so they might call up Tommy Malone at some point or, you know, do something like that to kind of extend the extend the rotation a little bit. So I would assume it's some sort of um, long relief or, you know, kind of filler gap hole for, for the rotation. But, um 
yeah, I will. We'll kind of see what kind of shakes out there, but um, very minor move. And Wontens had kind of an up and down season. Um, <clears throat> you know, it was nice to see him. I think make the jump from from uh, from Arkansas this year, but um, probably makes sense. I think he probably just needs to uh, get a little bit more work in if he kind of wants to come back as a you know a reliever on the side of things. So um, I don't I don't know the exact plan that they have with that role. Also, just saying again, but um, I would say it's probably something to do with the pitching side of things, rotation, et cetera. There. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and then like you mentioned, Bo, uh, that you forgot to put, but uh, Sam Haggerty was recalled. He got called up in place of JP. Um, I think we've seen through the first couple games that JP has missed um, that he has kind of sorely missed at this point. Um, his his leadership uh, in, a, in a couple games there, his defense is missed. Um, but uh, you know, Sam Haggerty had been uh, killing it for the most part in Tacoma. Um, I think he was hitting around three ten, three sixteen, somewhere around there. Hitting the ball well, so good to see him coming back up. But hopefully this time, you know, um, we can be a little bit more productive. Um, you know, it's 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 tough going right now. Uh, you know, we, they, he comes up for the Orioles series. Orioles are one of the best teams in baseball. Um, you know, and you think the Mariners have a good um, chance going into the Royals series, and they're currently getting no hit through seven innings. So... Um, you know, just tough time to be a Mariners fan. And, you know, while it's cool to see Haggerty come up, we, we definitely need to get JP back. We need that stability and, uh, at shortstop. Yeah. JP Crawford's sorely missed right now. He's, um, I think about some of these games that we've had of having his bat kind of late in the innings in those last two games against the Orioles and just, um, yeah, I think sorely, sorely missed. You know, I would say I go as far as to say as, you know, war is going to tell you probably something different. Right. But um, best offensive player, best contributor, I feel like consistently on a consistent basis that the season for me anyways has been, has been JP. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think it's wild to say that. Um, and he's uh, yeah, you can't no other way to put it other than just sorely missed right now. So um Again, I thought that this might have been a good series to do it with the Royals, but um, as you've so eloquently put, it's uh, it's tough going tonight. So um, wish he was wish he was in the lineup for that. So there you go. And it, it sucks. And and he's not going to be on the IL for a while. Just a note here: Mariners just got their first hit. Dom Canzone, Calzones for everyone. But um, you know, um, it's a tough tough time for JP to get hurt. Um, you know, they're the Mariners in the thick of this, this playoff race. And, um, you know, they have, uh, they have some catching up to do now. You know, the Mariners, uh, <laughs> you know, being even with Toronto is the new 500 on the season. You know, we caught up to Toronto and then we are falling a couple games back and I'm sure we'll catch up to Toronto again and probably fall a couple games back. But, um, you know, Toronto's playing some pretty decent baseball right now. Houston, who's battling for not only a uh, wild card spot, but the AL West division. Um, they're playing some pretty good baseball, and we're going to see Houston next series. And, you know, we've got people working like Boston. Um, you know, the Yankees probably aren't out of it as much as we want to say they're out of it. So, like, this playoff race is heating up, and it's just it's a real tough time to see the team leader go down. You know, who we assume is the team leader. I don't think it's been brought out this season who the team leader is, but just watching the games, you, you know that there is a presence when JP's there and when JP is out of the lineup. So. Yeah. I, um, yeah, no, I, uh, I think that it's, I think it's just tough, right? I think, you know, outside, you know, I'm, you know me, all right. Like the leadership stuff, uh, I think it's all good, and I think there's something to that, right? But um, uh, yeah, I think just given the fact of just how good JP's been, right, the the whole package of JP entirely is just uh, a massive blow to the team right now, especially as we're yeah, we continue to try to close in on the Blue Jays, right? I think the Blue Jays look fairly vulnerable right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, <laughs> they're a team at the top um, that 
you know, I think they're, we're right there with them. I think our kind of run differentials are very close. I think we are relatively close teams, right. In terms of, I guess our overall talent and, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, you know, the blue Jays are going to be without Boba Shep for a little bit. Um, so I think there's just Alex Manoa's had some issues, obviously, like he has, he just got resent back down. So there's a lot of opportunity there for, I think the Mariners to kind of make and leapfrog their blue Jays, but yeah, it kind of seems like we're bouncing back and forth with them currently. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, the last couple of days, um, you know, I think really hurt those and, you know, kind of had this put a little bit of a downer on this kind of hot trend that we had. And, um, I will, we might look back and say, Oh, well, JP maybe getting concussed was, was part of that kind of wishing we could kind of eke out some of these closer games. So, um, but yeah, they do, I think to kind of sum up on the kind of the contender stuff, right. The blue Jays are right there. They, they're going to be the team that we're really contending with. Uh, I'm not overly worried about Boston right now, but, and some of those other kind of the Yankees as well, the Yankees, the Yankees look cooked. I know, I know this is a Mariners or I know this is a Mariners were Homer podcast, but like the Yankees just look cooked right now. Like I don't, I don't know what's going on there. So if I'm thinking about it, it's like Toronto's obviously the team we got to beat. Boston's close on our heels, but the angels look pretty far out of it. And I think that kind of what looks like from the playoff odds, it looks like that mostly agrees for the most part. So Mariners are sitting at right around 34% right now. The blue Jays are 66%. So we just got to kind of, keep chipping away at that like we have been over the last month um and hopefully it continues i mean we're off to a bad start with the rails tonight but um hopefully we'll uh hopefully we'll get that turned around yeah yeah um i you we talked a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago about you know what the mariners have to do to to kind of catch up and i i made a statement that said three al west teams are not making the playoffs and it's looking more and more like it could be possible um, so I'm hoping I don't have to eat some crow and, you know, Mariners make it and Houston falls out just so that prediction becomes true. But, um, you know, it's looking more and more like the AL West is a, is becoming a very good division for baseball. Um, you know, obviously Oakland at the back end, but the angels have been contending, you know, up until July, um, Texas signs and players got really good. Houston, they're unfortunately Houston. Um, it, it's looking more and more like though the AL West might be one of the best divisions in baseball. Where would you put them in the rankings of best division? Uh, I mean, best division throughout baseball. Um, so let me think about it. I mean, certainly better than both of the both of the central divisions. Um, uh, probably, I would say probably two or three. If I'm thinking off the cuff, if I'm thinking of anything major off the top of my head. You think you have to probably put, um, despite, you know, I think us probably being a little bit better than Boston and the Yankees, the AL East is pretty top heavy with, um, the Orioles and the Rays, mm-hmm. right? Even though the Rays are, the Rays are, the Rays are scuffling a little bit. Um, <laughs> they've got, they've got more problems off the field. They've than got, they do the Rays have, the, the Rays field. have other issues that, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but the Rays are, yeah. I mean, in addition to that, the Rays are scuffling offensively. They're scuffling. You know, they have a, you know, Shane McClanahan went down. So, like, um, coming back to me next year, I think there might be a chance the AL West is knocking on the AL East door. But I'll, I'll put them as, I'll put the AL, I'll put the AL West at a solid, um, I'm going to put them at a solid two right now. I'll go, I'll go that, I'll go that hard. I'll go that hard. I'll say they're the second best division in baseball. Yep. You think they're better than the NL West with the Dodgers, the um, Giants, and, the Diamondbacks out there. I think so. You talk about teams that are scuffling. Um, you know how I'm feeling. I'm feeling a little heartbroken for Paul Seawald right now because the Diamondbacks seem to have just fallen off a cliff. But yeah. Um, yeah, I'm. I would put him second. I think I would go that far. Yep. Good. I'd probably do the same thing. Yeah. So good. <laughs> let's uh, let's hop into the Mariners, uh, Baltimore series. Um. You know, not what we wanted to see in the series. The Mariners lost their uh, their series winning streak. At, they got stopped at six games. Um, they lost their their winning streak. That was remind me if I'm wrong here. Eight? No, nine games. Was it nine games? Um, I can't remember off the cuff there. Um, and and it just wasn't uh, it wasn't great baseball. You know, a lot of having to battle back. Um, 
<laughs> a lot of uh, the the irony has not um, been lost on me with uh, Kirby's start because Kirby, you know, we talk about best starts of the season. Kirby probably had the one or two best start, um, you know, not of the whole season, but his entire career. And he got Felix in, in game two. Um, so it was just, it was a tough series overall. And <laughs> you were there, your parents were there, um, you know, for, for Sunday's game. And I think you said they went to Saturday's game too for Felix's induction. Um, but I don't know. It was just a, it was a, not a fun series to watch outside of game one. Um, not a fun. Well, I would say at the ballpark, the ballpark atmosphere has been electric the entire year. So mm-hmm. like, uh, when Dominic Canzone hits that home run in the, you know, on the Sunday game, that was an electric, electric atmosphere. That was a lot of fun. Right. But, um, you know, taking it back, um, <clears throat> Yeah, it's a it was a rough series in terms of we were kind of riding high, riding very high, and um, it ended up being kind of a series that we grew accustomed to in the first part of the year. It seemed like right where the offense just uh, just didn't really put it all together. And I think probably last week or probably the week before that, we probably should have been a little bit more, I guess, pragmatic with where the offense was that right in terms of. Um, I think it's fair to say that I think the offense was probably overperforming a little bit. And it's not to say like, not to say that we're all not to say the offense is like the offense has struggled. We've seen that time, time to time. Right. I think we probably had a little bit of a regression towards the mean right over the weekend in terms of just our offensive capabilities. So um, it just happened to <laughs> just happened to coincide with, uh, with Felix weekend there. So um, the, yeah, man, I, we're going to talk about it from Saturday's game and we're going to talk about the, the ceremony a little bit, but God, it just the irony of the whole thing on Saturday. Like I stayed up late to watch the game. I'm like, they cannot lose this game. And there was people joking, not even as the, or, you know, before the game even started, like, you know, it'd be a classic Mariners game if they, if they lost one, nothing. You know, and and that's what happened. We're going to get there. But let's start with Friday's game, Bo. Um, Friday's game, you know, best offensive output of the series. 9-2 victory. Um, Luis Castillo took the bump and, you know, for the most part, looked pretty well. Um, Had given up one run um, off of uh, Anthony Santander. Home run, it was his 21st of the season. Uh, Santander, uh, we kind of mentioned in the preview that you know he's kind of been of a, a mariners killer and i think if i'm not mistaken that was his fourth home run or his fifth home run of the season against the mariners so you know he's just teeing off against the mariners but other other than that luis castillo went six innings you know only gave up two hits one run did have two base on balls but struck out eight and um you know really really looked pretty good and you know, kept the Mariners out of trouble for those six innings. Yeah, I thought this was a good Luis outing, kind of bouncing back from the the seven, I think it was a seven-nerd run, outing in his last one. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think did a much better job of just kind of locating his pitches in this one. Um, the fastball was kind of the pitch of the day. Um, and when Luis's fastball's on, when he's locating it well, right, he's tough. Really, he's really, really tough to beat. So, um yeah, the, you know, the velocity was up, I think, across the board in this game. Um, you know, a decent spin, good good spin in this one. Um, and good for, you know, 16 whiffs on the day. So um, I think Luis just kind of, yeah, locked it in. And I think kind of did it obviously enough to kind of, uh, the Mariners offense obviously did enough, I should say. But a um, very, very solid outing from Luis. And um, yeah, hopefully we kind of get back to a little bit more of a consistent pace, right? Like that the last outing was a, was a real clunker good to see this one you know hopefully we get more of that going forward yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> looking at the rest of the pitching stats here Saucedo came in um had a k looked pretty good um Ryder ryan made his first appearance made his debut um you know outside of a walk struck out two pitched an inning looked pretty good and then thornton came in at the end there um looked a little bit shaky 
gave up a couple hits, gave up a walk, did strike out two, but did give up a run. Um, you know, and that was kind of uh, a little bit of foreshadowing things to come for him in the series. But overall, um, you know, can't complain about the pitching performance from any of the guys that saw the field on Friday. And uh, I thought, you know, pitching wise, this set the tone um, for the series uh, because, of course, you know, we're going to talk about it and we've already talked about it. Kirby looked phenomenal. And then even Bryce Miller didn't look too bad come Sunday. Um, obviously the end of the game was a little rough for the Mariners pitching, but, um, overall a, a good, good day of pitching on Friday and a good weekend of pitching from the Mariners. Yep. It's our bread and butter, right? It's, uh, it's old reliable seems like to be at this point, the, the pitching, right? Um, yeah, as our, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of funny as our offense has points in which they, go back to probably being whatever you want to call it, mediocre, right? It seems like the pitching has points in which they go back to being great. Um, and uh, yeah, I think coupled with the bullpen, you know, obviously there could have been could maybe a couple of better spots for, for Thornton in this game. And like you've already pointed out some others, some others during the series, but um, yeah, the starting pitching was, was top notch. Um, and uh, yeah, I think Jerry said it himself, right? They are pitching that good that they can carry us to the promised land. And um you know, I think you just hope that um, the offense will get you enough runs to 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 make that come true, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that was the that was the case of Mariners baseball the most of the weekend. It seemed like yeah. just to kind of add on to the pitching here. Um, like I said earlier, the, the Mariners are tops in staff ERA. The bullpen's looking good. Their their ERA is sitting top five right now. Um, and then going into Monday's game before. You know, Logan Gilbert gave up a few runs, a few hits. Um, the Mariners in whip have three of the top five pitchers. Um, I think in the AL, uh, George Kirby leads the league or leads the AL in whip right now. It was like a solid one. Um, Logan Gilbert was third at like 1.2. And Castillo was, I think, fifth with like 1.3 going into to Monday's game. So. Um, you know, this, this pitching staff is going to lead us, you know, either the playoffs or they're going to at least get us there as close as we can, you know, and, and we need more performances like we saw from the offense on Friday to complement that great pitching staff. Um, you know, offensively Mariners were able to get uh, 12 hits. Um, Josh Rojas, um, picked up his first RBI as a Mariner first hit as a Mariner. Um, actually I think he had two hits on the day. So he, he picked up his first two hits as a Mariner, um, batting out of the nine hole. He went two for four, had an RBI, scored a couple runs. Um, looking at the, the stats right now, tail was the only one not to get a hit. Um, again, it, it seems like our best offensive outputs is when our, our offense seems very balanced top to bottom. And so, um, you know, you take out Teo's performance, uh, you know, Julio went two for five, Gino went one for three, Cal Raleigh went one for four with a, with a mammoth shot, um, tied France two for four, Canzone one for three, Marlowe two for four, Caballero one for three. So very balanced Mariners offense top to bottom in Friday's game. Uh, yeah, very yeah, especially I think the fourth inning in, in this game, right? Um, just kind of kept the line moving. A um, couple singles back to back, and then you get um, Caballero with a, with a sack fly. Um, and then Josh Rojas comes with another hit. And then Julio, what did you call it? Did you just call it a scrapes a home run? Or it barely, like it, it, that thing, it, that thing barely got out, but we'll, but we'll take uh, it. How many, yeah, we'll, how many ballparks would that have been a home run in, Bill? I think I actually looked this up. I think it was only seven. Seven, I believe. It was seven. It was yes, a wall scraper was, for sure. Yeah, it was. Hey, but it got out nonetheless. Um, so uh, continues uh, pretty good streak for Julio. And um, yeah, I think you can point to a lot of people, right? Ty France had one in this game. Um, it just looked like the offense that we saw for the last couple weeks over the Mariners. And um, yeah, I think. Julio's, I think the big, I think continues has to be like the guy for us. Right. And 
I think he had a double and yeah, it was the double and obviously the home run in this one and very good to see. And, uh, yeah, we were just making really good contact against Kyle Gibson, who becomes a guy that should pitch for the Orioles every single time we play that. That's, so I was just going to ask if we can petition that, uh, Kyle Gibson be on the mound, uh, for the Orioles every time we play them. You know, if we see them in the playoffs, can he start game one, please? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put that recommendation okay. in. We'll see if that can get pushed to the top. There you uh, go. Maybe we can start one of those petitions on online, you know, get a bunch of Mariners fans to, to sign that and we'll send it to the Baltimore organization. If we see them in, in the playoffs, I feel like you, we, we can get that done. You do that. Yeah, you do that. And you, you just let me know when that's ready to go and we'll, we'll get it done. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, yeah so, Overall, good offensive game. You, I'm glad you touched on Julio because I wasn't looking at his RBI output. He had four RBIs, four of the nine RBIs for the Mariners. Um, yeah, very, very good. Uh, runners in scoring position, four for seven. Left on base, four. We did ground into two double plays. Ty France, um, he's got to be almost leading the league at this point over Carlos Correa and Josh Rojas. Both grounded into a double play. So that was Friday's game. Now let's move on to uh, Saturday's game. And honestly, Bill, (laughs) as much as I want to win and I want a lot more to talk about, there's not a lot to talk about in this game. So it gives us a chance to talk about the ceremony for Felix a little bit. Um, I don't, I don't know about you. I kind of, kind of texted you. I think you were busy. Um, so you probably, I think you texted me at the end of the game. Um, but I was, uh, I was moved to tears a little bit by the, uh, by the whole ceremony. Um, you know, it was cool seeing all the Mariners Hall of Famers come back, including Ichiro. Ichiro wasn't there for the all-star game. So you, you figure something had to be, you know, happening in Japan or something. He probably couldn't just get over, but he was there on Saturday um, God, what a, what a scene, you know, with, with the throne being there and next to the throne, you had Ken Griffey and Ichiro and Edgar all sitting there, um, <laughs> you know, and then I, I think the, the biggest part for me, um, you know, they, they introduced him and, um, you know, said, turn your attention to the bullpen and he walked out like he did every game. Well, you know, at least some of his last, you know, few seasons um, coming out of the bullpen to I'm the man by Aloe Black. Um, you can you could tell that he was very, um, very moved looking out and seeing all the yellow shirts, all the yellow Kings Court shirts. Um, oh, man, I just thinking about it now, it really it hurts. That was our childhood. You know, we grew up watching Felix like we watched baseball for a long time, Bill. But Felix came into the league in 2005. You know, we were respectively in like the sixth, seventh grade. You know, so it's just watching that happen. And it just the culmination of of his Mariners career leading to a Hall of Fame Mariners Hall of Fame induction ceremony was just phenomenal. I, I can only hope, and I know there's going to be a lot of debate about it. I can only hope he makes the MLB hall of fame, you know, maybe he's in the hall of very good, but um, yeah. What, what else you got Bo? Because I'm, I'm going to start crying a little bit. No, I, uh, I'll try to keep my statement short. Cause I think you've, uh, yeah, you've uh, put it very eloquently. No, it was, it was all, it was all just the spectacle of it all. And um yeah, the Mariners presented it very, very well. And I was happy for, I, you know, I think towards the end of Felix's Mariner career, I think things got a little rocky with him and the front office. And I think what the front office probably expected of Felix. And I think there was just some back and forth there that I just don't think it ended very well. Right. And the fact that he, you know, was still willing to come back like this. And um, I couple this with him coming and throwing out the first pitch of the playoff game. And, um, you know, just the, the love that he has for the city of Seattle and the people there, um, you know, he, we, like, I think it was said numerous times, right. He decided to choose us, right. He wanted to stay with us. He wanted to win with us. 
Um, you know, obviously wish we could have done that for him at some point, but you know, he chose us. He wanted to stay here. He was our guy for a long time. Everybody wanted him and trade talks and everything else. We never gave him up. Right. And he was, he was the man. He was absolutely the man. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, obviously one of my favorite Mariners of all time. Um, one of the best Seattle players in any sport of all time. And, uh, yeah, what, what can, what else can be said about him? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the spectacle, spectacle of it all. And, um, I don't know. It makes you want to be a Mariner, right? And it makes you want to be a, I don't know. Hopefully there's some thought that it gives these guys the hope that they want to be Mariners and they want to do this someday. And, um, yeah, no, I just, uh, I just loved it, but I loved every part of it. It was very good. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think it was really cool. You know, obviously you've got, um, you know, everyone on the field, all the Mariners Hall of Famers, you've got ownership there. You got Jerry DePoto, which that's probably the only thing that I had a problem with in the, um, ceremony was, um, there's a time and place to blue John, John Stanton. There's a time and place any other time. Boo the man. I don't care. You don't do it as he's coming up to talk about Felix. I, I'm just, I'm not there with, I'm not there for that. <laughs> I'm there to celebrate Felix, not boo John Stanton. Um, but other than that, I mean, it was really cool to see, um, all the Mariners players sitting up from the dugout watching. Um, I think a couple times he probably pointed over there, um, you know, towards Gino. Uh, Gino actually Felix threw the the game or the ceremonial first pitch out in Sunday's game. Gino was the one that caught it. So, you know, he's got some, uh, some people in the dugout that really like him. And like you said, boy, I just hope, you know, you know, Julio is probably going to be the biggest one, but I'm hoping some of those guys in the dugout see that and be like, that's, you know, that's what I want. Like I want obviously to make the playoffs, hopefully win a world series one day, but I want to be a part of a team that, honors you know players like this and um you know felix to kind of end that um this conversation um you you said felix is probably one of the best mariners ever one of the best seattle sports figures ever um i i i know one thing for sure i've uh, been and we've had some pretty good pitching come through the seattle some through seattle um you know since mariners inception but um i i think it's safe to say that felix is the best pitcher in Seattle history, um, you know, no disrespect to Randy Johnson, um, prior Hall of Fame member Jamie Moyer, you know, um, I just I think Felix was was that guy, you know, um, as one of the videos that was put up on the board said, you know, you every five days you were going to the ballpark to watch a Felix start, and that ballpark was rocking every single time, so. Yep. And, you know, I think to close it up for, for me, right. Um, you know, if you go back to the Mariners history, the two thousands are a little bit of a two thousands and early 2010, then the teens and everything else are a little bit of a, I don't say a wash of Mariners baseball, but there's not a lot of good going on there. Right. And Felix was the good during that time period. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, kept us going and, you know, I think kept a lot of Mariner fans, I think in check and allowed them to, keep continuing to support the team because they have how much they love Felix. So um, the only thing I was going to add is like, is it, it's weird to me to think that Felix pitched in 2019. Like it's not that long ago, right? Like it's just, it doesn't seem that long ago. And I don't know if it's just like COVID's like wiped my brain out, but like, it's weird to think of Felix kind of being there with JP and um, he was there with Tom Murphy as well. So mm-hmm. it's uh yeah, it was just a very good, I think it's just uh, it was just a perfect ceremony to like, you know, guys that he kind of came up with or guys that he ended his career with are still there. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I love the, love the ceremony. It was good. Very good overall. Yep. It's one of those videos had him getting taken out of his last game, or maybe it was during the broadcast of him getting taken out of his last game. And Scott was the one to take him out. So obviously Scott's still around, but do you remember who the infield was? Or I, I, at least I caught four fifths of the infield. Do you know who the infield was in his last game? So I was, so I was at this game. Uh, so I want to say it was, so JP was there mm-hmm. and then Kyle step. Seager, JP was there. Kyle Seager was there. Base, yep. Um, I don't know if I saw the rest of the picture, but I'll, this is, I'll say like Vogelbach was Dan Vogelbach. I, first he's, he's the one I'm unclear on. I'm unclear on first and second because Noah oh, wow. was in Austin Noah. 
So Austin I would Nilo assume was he was catcher. Po- well, no, was, I would. Was, was it first base? Yeah, I was assuming he was playing first base. So I don't know who second gotcha. was. Which we it was could, a D strange. Was it D strange Gordon? It could have been. It could have been. That's something we could probably go look up. But the catcher, and this is my favorite part, the catcher was not Tom Murphy that night. Catcher was Omar Navarez. Ah, there you go. So there you go. Yeah. I don't know. COVID's kind of wiped my brain out. I feel like pre-2019, that seems so, so long ago. So that's why I just mm-hmm. – it actually wasn't that long ago that we had Felix. But there you go. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, I, I got to ask you this question before we move on here. Were, were you happy Adrian Beltre showed up? And were you happy the way he did show up? <clears throat> um, I feel like we need to save my thoughts on Adrian Beltre for an off-season episode at some point. But um, you know what? I was happy he was there because of his relationship with Felix. And and there you go. It was very exciting to you know have him be there and whatever surprise. That was that was nice. Sure. I I very much appreciate. Beltre coming, um, especially with um, what he uh, what he said, <laughs> um, you know that Felix always got the better of me. He uh, he, I think he struck out more times than he got hits. So um, you know it's it's cool that um, Beltre was was uh, was kind of you know congratulating Felix. Um, the two other moments that I really liked from the ceremony, I, I keep going on and on because we literally do not have a lot of, to talk about in Sunday's game. But the other two moments I loved was Ichiro, um, you know, not only being there, but they had his video on the board. And he said, Felix, congratulations um, on making the Mariners Hall of Fame. Um, you know, it, it's cool and all, but I just want to let you know that even after tomorrow's game where you'll have a bobblehead. I'll always still have one more. So that was funny. Ichiro is just a funny guy. His, his, um, his, I don't know, comedic timing almost. And then as much as I want to hate it, I think it's very cool that, uh, the, one of the players they got to say congratulations was Mike Trout. Like, um, you know, Love him, hate him. We obviously don't like him too much because he's a Mariners killer. Um, he plays for the rival Angels. But the fact that he sat there and, and took the time to make a video and say, hey, Felix, congratulations. Um, I, I think that um, as much as I can hate him on the field, um, off the field, I, I think that's big ups on him. So um, Now – we just talked about the ceremony. We talked about the Felix ceremony. Now let's get to the, the ironic part here. The Mariners had their best pitch game of the season by George Kirby. He, the only trouble he had was in the ninth inning with the runner on third and he battled through. And George Kirby ended up at the end of the day, getting Felixed on Felix induction night. I just, it hurts so bad to say that statement because I stayed up all night thinking the Mariners, there's no way the Mariners can lose this. And they did. And it's not because of George Kirby at all. Uh, not because of George Kirby. Yes, we we reverted back to uh, <clears throat> to May, May Seattle Mariners. Um, no, this was, this was incredibly frustrating to lose this game. And... The thing that, uh, like George Kirby's pitching his pitching his heart out. Um, <sighs> velocity was velocity was up in this game. The spin was good on all of his pitches in this one. Um, like everything seemed to be working for George really really well, right? Locating the fastball really well. Um, <sighs> you know, had a number of whiffs in this game. Had a number of called strikes in this game. Um, was really pitching what is what I think has been the best game of what probably I think one of the best games of his career at this point, I think that's crazy to say. And um, for us not to be able to muster up, um, you know, a run in this game is uh, frustrating against Cole Irvin, who we actually, we obviously have a history with Cole Irvin that is pretty positive, but it wasn't the case in this one. And he pitched Cole Irvin ended up pitching. I think he had his highest strikeout total of the season in this one. Mm -hmm. So just add layers to the frustration. And um, 
I think the thing that makes me really upset is just you you squander you squander the one of the best starts of Kirby's career, right? And the thing is, like, there's not many of these, right? So in lieu of Felix weekend, right? I pulled up Felix's, you know, stats, game by game stats, right? And I looked up how many times Felix Hernandez threw a uh, nine inning shutout game. He could have lost that game, right? And if I'm counting correctly here, it's uh, seven, eight, nine. I believe he's done that. They only Felix only did that nine times in his career where he threw a shutout of nine innings ball. Right. He did that nine times. Right. Only nine times. Mm-hmm. Pull your fingers out. You know, count them up. You can do that on two hands. Right. George Kirby just did that. Right. George Kirby just did a game. Right. And we've lost one of those opportunities. Right. Like we lost one of those opportunities to win a game. Yeah. And it's just uh incredibly frustrating because it's there's to even call it it's a it's an absolutely winnable game it's to even call it a game that you should have won is um as uh, a no doubter and um <clears throat> you know i don't even know where to kind of start with the offense in this one because it was just uh it was a struggle in the entire night yeah uh kirby's final line on saturday nine innings obviously only gave up three hits uh no walks seven uh strikeouts only trouble he was in the whole game was in the ninth inning when Jordan Westbrook was on third or Westberg was on third, um, pitched the game of his life and Mariners lost it. Um, you know, there's, I would feel like there's a few people you can blame. Um, obviously the offense only mustering up four hits the whole game. That's rough. Um, little of the blame has got to go on Munoz. Um, I don't know what's going on with him right now. Um, he should be the de facto closer, be the guy that comes in and you can rely on to get three outs. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously a little bit to blame on the Manfred runner too, because, you know, if no one's on second, you're not stealing third. And, you know, the Mariners aren't put in a position where they have, you know, within three pitches, a runner on third, no outs. But, um, you know, Munoz just couldn't get it done in the 10th. The one hit that he gave up led to a run, wasn't an earned run, and, uh, you know, had one strikeout. Um, But that was just enough for Baltimore as they went down. Mariners went down swinging, three swinging Ks in the 10th, and that was the ball game. Um, You brought up Cole Irvin, and um, every game that he's pitched against the Mariners – this is the first game he's ever pitched for Baltimore, but I think he had six or seven starts with Oakland um, in the past. Um, his team that he's pitched for has never won a Cole Irvin start. So, I mean, he didn't pick up the win here. Felix Batista picked up the win, but the Orioles were able to give Cole Irvin his first win of his career against, or, you know, team win of his career, not a win, but team win of his career against the Seattle Mariners. Um, I feel, I feel terrible about that because, um, I don't think I'll ever live down his com his comments from that day where he said, I shouldn't be going out and giving up this many runs to the Mariners. Like, yeah, but, um, yeah. Anything else you want to touch on in Saturday's game before we, uh, move on to Sundays? Um, not really. I mean, for I mean, for the most part, well, there was some decent contact, but um, just a lot of just a lot of flyouts, right? A lot of flyouts and just things that, um, yeah. I uh, I don't really know what to pinpoint it on this one. It didn't really feel like we were swinging and missing a ton, right? Um, just like we weren't making as good a contact as we needed to, and um, yeah, I think there's a little bit of obviously like the recency bias of just how good we've been and you know, the, the downfall of the happened in this one and the next one, but, um, yeah, just a tough game overall. I was, uh, I was lurking on the Orioles subreddit during the game, um, a little bit. And, uh, I think for both teams, they had the same problem. It wasn't necessarily that they were striking out a lot, but, um, it was where they were hitting the ball. They were hitting it a lot on the ground. It was going to fielders. Um, so just, you know, couldn't get it out of the infield. It seemed like. You know, there wasn't too many hard hit balls, you know, which is kind of wild to say with, you know, the Orioles having Mariner killer 
Anthony Santander. I think he went 0 for 4 in the game. So, moving on to Sunday's game, um, another extra inning game. It went to went to 10, and man, this was a uh, this was a roller coaster. And you were there. Um, you know, you might have had Xander with you and had been, uh, you know, walking around for most of the game. But um, talk a little bit about the the stadium. You know. Um, you know, it couldn't have been that quiet, especially when the home runs come around. But, like, what can you tell me about when, like, Mullins robbed the home run and stuff like that? Yeah, I think you go into kind of like a state of disbelief, right? And there's, like, the there's like the sadness. Like, you know you caught it, and it's just, like, a very collective sigh or a very collective, you know, feeling kind of comes around the ballpark. But, um I think on the opposite side of that is uh, there was a, you know, there's just uh there's a lot of enthusiasm for the Mariners right now. And um, I think that shows up in every game that I've been to right this year. It seems like more so than previous games, at least in my you know previous, previous years that I've gone to Mariner games. Right. It just seems like there's a level of enthusiasm that is at the ballpark. And uh, this game was no different. And especially um, <clears throat> with Dom Canzone doing what he did. Um, in the, uh, I think it was the bottom of the ninth, right? Um, just, uh, just a lot of excitement. Um, you coupled that with, um, Ty France almost taking one deep prior to that. And, um, yeah, no, it was a good atmosphere. Um, again, I didn't get to watch too much of this game while I was at the ballpark, had to come back and kind of watch a lot of it later, but, um, yeah, very good atmosphere. You know, T-Mobile park's been a, been a good place to watch a game, but, um, yeah, on this day in particular, um, you know, Cedric Mullins was uh, was better than the Mariners in this game, and that's ultimately what it came down to. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Bryce Miller um, didn't have a bad game, didn't have a great game, went five and two-thirds innings, gave up five hits, uh, two runs, but only one of them were earned, um, only struck out two, did walk two, um, but wasn't, you know, he kept – Kind of been the theme of the Mariners pitching staff keeping the Mariners in the ball game, um, and then after that, up until Munoz, you know, Topa came in, Spire came in, Brash came in. After that, all three went two and a third inning, only gave up one hit combined, had three strikeouts. So the the middle part of the relief core there um, looked really good, and then Munoz came in, had some trouble, um, you know, gave up a, a run in the. The ninth inning gave up a run, um, and then Thornton came in in the end. Like I said, fore- foreshadowing from Friday, um, he came in in the tenth and gave up two runs. Only one of them were earned because one that came across with the Manfred runner, but uh, one of those runs, you know, obviously, or both those runs came off the Cedric Mullins home run in the tenth. Um, you know, Cedric Mullins had quite a day, robbing a home run, and then an inning later hitting a home run. So um, just a, just a rough way to lose that. And again, it was another, uh, another Mariners outing where the offense wasn't great. Six hits. Um, Gino had two of them. Julio had a hit. Tao had a hit. Canzone had a hit and Rojas had a hit. Um, And basically everyone played, Um, you know, Tom Murphy, Haggerty, Mike Ford, they all pinch hit. Um, Fabiero even came in as a uh, fielding replacement at one point, and they uh, no one could spark anything. Job couldn't get done. Yeah, and uh, couldn't get. Yeah, just really had a had a tough time getting it going. Yeah, again, Dom Canzone, probably the biggest home run of his career, I would assume, right? His, like his major league moment. career at least. Major league yeah. career that is, yeah. yeah. So very, very, very good moment for that. And um you know, I was I was happy to be there for that. So that was exciting. Um and uh you know I think the a lot of people are gonna point to Felix having the last at bat there. Like it seems like it just continues on that way for a little while, but, uh, you, you mean Julio? I I probably agree. You mean Julio? 
Felix, Felix is on my mind. Sorry, Felix is on my mind. Uh, yes, Julio having the last at bat. And um, yeah, you can't help but wonder, right? Julio's batting leadoff. You can't help but wonder that maybe it might be a little different if JP's there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, no way to know that, but you would probably want JP Crawford in that situation currently more than Julio. So um, yeah, we need to get guys healthy and hopefully we can kind of. Um, you know, get the offense. Uh, I am a little worried about the offense with these last couple of games and what we're seeing out of tonight against the Royals. Of hopefully we're not dipping back further underneath what? that mean, right? But like we'll we'll kind of just see how this all plays out. I, I had to turn on the game, Bo. Um, I don't know if you currently got it up on GameCast, but the Mariners are threatening to t- tie the game in the ninth inning. Oh. There you so, go. I should I should watch the game more. I should pull the game up while we're podcasting. There you go. Know, so I awesome. Know. Um, you were okay. So you were there and I want to get your take on this because there's one particular moment I think kind of led to, to Canzone's home run, you know, maybe, maybe wanting to do something for his manager, but, uh, Scott got ejected over a bot call. Um, we can argue that it probably wasn't a buck. Um, as someone I saw put it on social media, um, one of the, one of the pages I follow, um, this bot call was like, if you pull up to a stop sign and stop for 1.7 seconds, but the police officer pulls you over because you didn't stop for a full two seconds. Like yeah. that's what, that was what Munoz's block was. But Scott ended up getting ejected. Um, what did you see there? Well, I don't know if you're watching the game at that point where you were there, but what did you see there that could have led to the ejection? Because everyone in the booth was very confused how he got ran. Um, I, I think it was probably kind of just firing, trying to fire up the team a little bit. And I don't know, box calls are box are box are a little confusing in general. Right. And I just think it's, it's, it was unclear of everything that happened and the stages of it. And I think Scott was just trying to, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if there was, if Scott had some other problems with the strike zone, I actually don't know entirely. So sorry to answer your question. Not, not directly, but like, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think, uh, I think Scott was trying to rile up the team a little bit. It's been a rough couple of days and a lot of emotions getting thrown around. It's the end of the game and, um, you know, very close call on, uh, maybe Bach. I don't even know. So, um, yeah, I think just trying to rile up the team a little bit and, you know, it's got, I will say this. I think Scott's tried really hard this year with a lot of different pitching changes, and a lot of different bullpen moves and everything else. I think he's tried really hard to rile up this team. And I think this was just part of that. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, I know the broadcast team uh, went back and watched it and he got ran after just putting his hands up going, what the heck guys? Um, obviously we don't know what was said there, but afterwards he did go get his money's worth as they, so um, as they put, on the broadcast. Oh, you're going to eject me. Then I'm going to give you an earful. That's hey, it fired up the team. It got Canzone to hit a home run. It almost dang near gave Ty France a home run. Like Ty France hits that home run and Cal, uh, Canzone follows that up. Like that's a, that's a win. You know, the Mariners take that, that series in the ninth, in the ninth inning. So, um, you know, good to see Scott have a little bit of fire and, uh, you know, certainly him getting ejection uh, ejected was uh, not a bad thing for the Mariners. Um, you know, because you can't can't really say with his pitching choices or anything, he was making bad bad decisions. You know, I see a lot of that. Oh, Scott's putting in this player's in. You know, I just armchair managers kind of annoy me. <laughs> just just slightly, just slightly. We could all talk about what we'd do, but you're not paid millions of dollars to make those decisions, so. Yeah, but um, that was the Orioles series. Like I said, it snapped the uh, the win streak on Saturday's game. Um, it snapped the uh, the series win streak at six games with the loss on Sunday, and uh, it looks like the Mariners, um, you know, have a chance to bounce back now against the Royals. Start another little win streak if they can pull out Monday's game, but uh, some pretty uh pretty decent uh, pitching matchups going forward. Um, I think you have this wrong in our notes, Bo, because you have Emerson Hancock pitching on Monday. It actually, actually it was Logan Gilbert that got the start against Brady Singer. Um, 
So I don't know what I'm assuming Emerson's probably going to pitch on Tuesday then. Um, yeah, I'd assume so. I'd have to, sorry, I was using roster resource there. So blame roster resource. Um, but yeah, it does look like it's supposed to be Emerson. Correct. Okay. So Tuesday's game will be Emerson versus, uh, Jordan Lyles. Wednesday will be LaPedra, Luis Castillo against Alec Marsh. And Thursday's game, George Kirby coming off his well-pitched game on Saturday against Angel Zerpa. That's uh, someone I've never heard of. But, uh, you know, this is the series that you want. It's the team that's not doing too well this series season. You kind of bounce back, get get back into the playoff race a little bit, catch up um, on a couple games against uh, Toronto and in the standings. Good series for it. Um, yeah, as we're recording, we're, we're threatening. So hopefully we can kind of get that first W on the board. But yeah, you certainly at least want three of four, right? You certainly at least, um, I think at the bare minimum, want three of four from the Royals. And Royals have been playing a little better, at least on the offensive side of things. So we'll see if that can continue for them. But um, yeah, you, you really, really want three out of four of this game and uh, the series that is. And then, <clears throat> you know, hope that... Uh, Somewhere along the line, I think the the Blue Jays are playing. The, the Blue Jays have the Phillies over the next couple of games, so um, they got a tough road ahead of them. So hopefully, we can uh, make some advancements there. Yep. As as we are shooting, we're in the ninth inning. Sam Haggerty just drew a walk. Runners on first and second, one out. Top of the ninth, Mariners um, down by one run, and Dylan Moore's on on the um, walk up to the uh, the plate. So. Um, hopefully they pull it out, pull out a win. What, uh, what pitching matchup, Bo, are you looking forward to? Um, you know, are you looking f- to see George Kirby uh, bounce back? Or are you ready for another Luis Castillo start or what? I'm probably ready for another, um, I'm probably ready for another Luis Castillo start. Hopefully he can continue, um, good stuff from what he saw in this last one. Um, Difficult to kind of pick a, a, a decent starter from the Royals. No offense, but like, uh, yeah, I'll go with Luis Castillo in this one. Yep. And I think their decent starter was Brady Singer, who no, hit the Mariners through six and two thirds. But we will talk about that on the next podcast. <laughs> um, all right, Bo. It is time for our final segment of the show, Prospect Corner. So, Bo, uh, take it away. Uh, yes, sir. We are going to talk today about Spencer Packard. He was a uh, ninth round pick in 2021. Um, he, uh, yeah, this season is kind of having, um, you, I think you could say he probably broke out a little bit last year in Everett, but he's having putting together a very good season um, in Arkansas this year. Um, he has 12 home runs, um, batting right around 300, um, right around a 388 weighted on base percentage. Um, but I think the big things about Spencer Packard is that he has a, like a low strikeout rate. He's only struck out 15% of the time this year, struck out 15% in the Ar- in Everett last year. Um, <clears throat> I would say probably, you know, like a guy that fits that control the zone mold, um, but uh, he's yeah he's looking more and more probably like a like a fourth outfielder type, but it's probably going to be somebody that I think is going to get a decent chance in the majors because he's uh, able to able to you know keep those strikeouts under control. So um, yeah, he's kind of the guy kind of looking out for. Um, maybe I might get a shot to get up to I think Tacoma. He might be somebody that I think they might put in Tacoma maybe soon, maybe at the end of this year, early next, and give him a couple shots um, probably next year sometime. So. Spencer Packard putting together a really nice year. Arkansas has had a decent Seattle Mariner minor league career and, um, you know, wouldn't be surprised if he gets some chance or along the line. Cool. Cool. All right, Bo, that has been our episode today. Um, you got anything else for, uh, the viewers or the listeners at home before we get out of here? That's it for me. All righty. For all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest and beyond, Thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. For Bochism, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you on Friday.